everybody, and welcome to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We're brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from our long-term winning bettors. Once again, SportsPredictor.com. On this episode today, our guest is Steven. How's everything going? Doing great. How about yourself, Alan? Oh, not bad, not bad. Just kicking off the week over here. Let's learn a little bit more about Steven. Uh, I guess, what's your uh, what sports do you focus on, and uh, yeah, how'd you, how'd you uh, get started in this industry? Yeah, sure. Uh, I cover sports year-round, mostly major markets with MLB, NBA, um, NFL, college football, and WNBA, so a little smaller on that last one, but um, yeah, that goes year-round. Um, got started just a little bit out of college. Um, first off, just kind of kicked off my first NBA model at that point just for fun to see if I could predict scores. I loved following the sport, so I thought I'd give it a go. Um, at the same time, started reading up about sports betting, you know, learning the basics, understanding the market, really trying to get my foot in the door that way. And since then, it's just been a learning experience ever since, getting a little better year after year. Um, you know, and of course, I was intrigued by making a little money on the side since I was already following sports and loved playing with numbers. So it felt like a good fit for a side hustle there. And it just kept evolving. Um, I started the Fast Break Bets website uh, a couple of years once I you know, got my feet wet there, just initially as a blog to teach beginners basics. Um, and as well, learning as much as I could in that process, since um, typically teaching a topic is the best way to learn. So I gave that a go. And like I said, just kept evolving and eventually became you know, more of a picks and projection service as it is today with Sports Predictor. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So I definitely wanted to touch on WNBA a little more at some point, just because it's, you know, not as well known to a lot of uh, the public out there, but touched on it a little bit there at the end. But uh, what exactly are you going to be doing for uh, sportspredictor.com and the people? Yeah, for all those sports I mentioned, I'll be uh, providing my picks that I'm playing myself year round in those markets. So anyone can subscribe there on the sports predictor page um it's by sport and you can do either by month or by season and you can follow along with what i'm playing and you know we'll definitely work together to make a profit each sport very nice so you kind of you t- again touched on a little bit uh you know at, there at the beginning but what uh what's a normal like week for or, uh, a normal week like for you steven uh is it you know, you you get some things done in an hour or two, or you uh, you grinding all day away there. Oh yeah, we're grinding all day every day. Uh, doesn't matter if it's a Wednesday afternoon or Sunday morning. You know, we're um, I'm up just about uh, you know six seven a.m. Usually when I'm up in the morning, already at work, checking out what the uh, market's doing when lines are opening up. As an originator myself, with the models I have for each sport. Um, I'm mainly trying to play, you know, those opening lines to get a soft number for myself and any subscribers. So, um, yeah, it's not a nine to five Monday, Friday where I'm working every day. Um, and then with baseball season, um, those, I play those openers the day before in the evening. So, um, you know, I'm working those nights as well. So it's, yeah, like you said, it's a grind for sure. All right, cool. So now are you more of a, uh, straight up better or you also getting involved there in futures, parlays, uh, anything crazy that we don't even know about yet? <laughs> yeah, I'm mostly day-to-day um, with the models and projections I put together. That's mostly built for, you know, playing the daily 
uh, sides and totals, depending on the sport. Um, I will dabble a bit in futures, uh, mostly with win totals for baseball, as I'm able to adapt my model pretty easily to really simulate out the whole season to see where I think a team's going to finish out. Um, and so I've been right about that every year on my page and now I'll, or on my site, and I'll be doing that for Sports Director as well to just every March coming around. We'll talk about that. And, you know, if I do see something a bit that seems off market features wise, I'll hit it. So an example, you know, last week, even uh, going back to WNBA, um, I saw Chicago Sky were, you know, 23 to one on, a, on an account I had for futures to win the championship. So I thought at the very least, that'd be a pretty good hedge opportunity, um, knowing what their schedule was. They've been playing good basketball. So really situational for me if anything outside of the day-to-day but it does happen every now and then so you did touch on the WNBA there at the end uh let's talk about this a little bit uh, again because as I mentioned earlier not as known to the betting public out there uh, in general of course we only have baseball really there in the summer and of course you get a little bit of uh, NFL preseason action at the end uh, which is essentially a coin toss, but no, it's neither here nor there. Um, wh- what's your approach to you know going over WNBA? Um, you know, h- how does that go for each day? Yeah, like everything else, everything's really data driven for me. So I'm really trying to project what uh, the scores of each game are going to be to be able to play a side and or a total in each game. So um, that gives me a base to start out with um, as far as you know matching up each team. Um, depending on the, the strengths of each team, the schedule situation, um, you know, style of play, their pace of play, that all really goes into my numbers. And so really I just base off that. And then if I see, if I know a certain player is out that I may not be valuing correctly or someone like Elena Deladon, who is by far the best player in the league. Oh, uh, she's, you know, worth more than any model could really value. So, um, you know, you got to account for things like that. But for the most part, I'm, you know, really relying on my own numbers and comparing it to the market once they come out. Yeah, with Della I mean, hey, I don't know much about the WNBA, but I do know that, that she is the best player in the league. So that that we could that we could certainly agree out there. When, um, when, when you're going over all these things, um, I guess in terms of finding value, beating the market, uh, and any advice that I guess you can give to any other, uh, you know, just average betters out there? Um, yeah, I mean, you really have to learn each market. Each one's a bit different than the other. So, um, you know, WNBA, for example, being a smaller market, you can um, really learn, you know, when you should be playing certain size or totals, learning what the value is for a certain player just by if you just see, you know, an injury update and a line move, you can do that for just about any sport. But, um, you know, just WNBA for this time right now is what I do. Um, but you do that for the NFL, too. You know, you can look at what the look-ahead line might have been for the week coming up. And then if a big star is out, that can really help you value a certain player, especially, you know, quarterback being the most valuable typically for each team. So, you know, learning each market and then overall um, – reading as much as you can. There's a lot of great resources online, both on Sports Predictor. We have some great articles on there right now, as well as my own site, Fast Break Bets. We have, like I mentioned before, I love, I have a lot of beginner articles there. Um, and then Pinnacle also has a great blog as well. If you're, especially if you're more statistically driven like myself, they cover a lot of that too to really help you get started. All right, so let's move a little bit into, oh, I'm sorry, uh, one more question that I did want to ask as well. Um, you know, what, 
so a lot of us know about the NBA and a lot of the high flying action and you know the the heavy three point game that we see there in that. Um, I guess other than that, like kind of what what's a big difference that you know we could take away from the WNBA as opposed to uh, to the regular NBA that we all know and love so much. Yeah, um, like you mentioned, it's definitely more um, you know isolation basketball in the NBA. The WNBA is much more team based. You know, I did touch on trying to value certain players, but um, for most of it, you are just trying to value a team. So there are certain styles that you can pick up on. You know, like someone like the Dallas Wings, they play much slower than maybe like the Las Vegas Aces that like to push the tempo and play to their strengths. So. Um, you can really pick up on those sort of things if you want to, um, like I said, with the WNBA, it's much more team style. There's a few really stars, such as Elena Deladon, that can really you know affect a game on her own. But for the most part, you really need a full team effort to be able to win games in the WNBA. Interesting. All right, so let's, uh, let's move into bankroll management because I think that's something that a lot of uh, average Joes out there really – don't get into too much. Uh, you know, I know you and I have spoken in the past, and I, I told you at one point that you know, fi- like you know, a five hundred dollar limit. You know, that that's something that'll be, uh, you know, helpful for for most people there in the past. And you know, I certainly take that that sort of approach as well. Uh, like where you know you lose five hundred dollars in a week. Well, guess what? Your betting week is over. You got to be disciplined for that. Uh, anything else that you can kind of. Uh, just explain to the people or, or give some tips about, you know, how to keep a nice bankroll management going throughout the year. Yeah. Like you said, um, first and foremost, what I tell beginners, you definitely only want to risk what you can afford to lose. Um, if that's 500 a week or whatever your budget allows, make sure, you know, that's money you're comfortable losing because especially if you're first starting out, it's very likely you will lose that money. So, um, if you're just going to on, on your own, so just be prepared for that. Um, but once you do, you know, have, an amount allocated that you're comfortable with. Um, I typically will suggest one to four percent really per play of that chunk. So, you know, if you're starting with five hundred, that you know might only be you know five to twenty bucks. But you know, if you're playing quite a few games every side, you know that can add up pretty quickly. Gotcha. A rough path on. So you know, you really want to extend that uh, bankroll as much as you can because. Um, a lot of professionals like the joke, you know, the first few years you get into this, you're really just paying your tuition to learn um, everything. And that tuition is the bankroll you might lose. So, um, you know, just be pay- prepared for that. Um, and then really one other thing is just avoid large parlays and other kind of build these lottery tickets. Um, you know, the math is really against you in almost all those circumstances. So I try to teach that as much as I can when I see those popping up on discussion boards or on Twitter, um, you know, really out of, learn some of the math behind that too, before you really get into more exotic things like that. And, you know, the same thing as going for teasers too, especially when football is coming around, those are largely, you know, negative expected value aside from a few situations called long teasers, which is a totally different topic outside of today. But um, those are the main you know, things I would stick with for, especially if you're a beginner. So I guess this kind of goes into it as well, but you know, betting on like a first half line or something like that, where, you know, you might see the bet that you took not going so hot there at the beginning. So you might want to try to chase there at halftime. Is there any sort of thing that you look at there and say, ah, you know what, this might be a good chance to, to take a bet here on the second half or ah, in this certain quarter or anything like that? 
Um, I know that chasing bets is just an awful thing, but is there any way uh, that, that, you, that you can sort of save yourself in that regard? Yeah, you can. You know, I do a bit of live and second half betting myself, especially for WNBA. Um, so really, first off, you know, there can be situations where I even might want to chase something, like especially an under that's getting away from me. But, you know, really, I make sure, especially for my, um, uh, the way I do things, at least, I look at the data as usual. You know, I look at the stats. If someone's, you know, shooting 60% from three in the first half, there's a decent chance that that's going to regress back to, you know, what they typically shoot. So, you know, things like that might stand out if you're trying to, you know, if you're thinking about it under, for instance, or fading a certain team in the second half, if they just, you know, came out guns a-blazing in the first half and they just shot the lights out, you know, there's a decent chance that they might come back to earth a bit in the second half. So things like that, um, looking at the pace as well for basketball, that can carry over a bit into the second half. So, you know, I would factor that in as well. Um, one last thing with that, too, um, with travel spots, there's some good fade opportunities in second halves in basketball too. So if a team's on a back-to-back or just has a tough road trip, you know, you can possibly try to factor in, you know, some kind of, you know, they might be fading down the stretch there in the game too. So there are factors to consider for things like that. All right, cool. Um, so we talked about, uh, you know, we had spoken earlier at one point, we talked about this, about, um, you know, trying to get or trying not to get limited or banned by your bookie. Uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting discussion and definitely wanted to bring it up here on the podcast. But uh, is that something that it, that's really only going to happen to, I guess, more professional betters, right? Like that typically won't happen to your average Joe? Yeah, there is. Um, that's typically the case. Um, however, if you may be following a professional too, you might you know, have those effects as well. But for the most part, that is just a consideration for professionals looking for more outs as time goes on um there are some but if the time does come or if you're trying to avoid it um a couple of things i tell people is spread out the action first off you know try to get a few accounts to space it out where you're not just possibly limit betting at one spot this whole time so if you space it out you might be able to keep below the radar a bit that way um, another way is, you know, don't just play your high edge stuff, especially if it's something like a prop or other low limit market, um, that's going to catch the eye of bookies pretty quick. So, you know, if you're cashing out on, you know, like strikeout props every week in baseball, they're going to catch that on pretty quick. So, you know, try to mix it up, play, you know, just a regular side or total too, especially in the larger markets. Um, even if you don't have an edge in that game. If you're like if you're just playing a side or a total, you'll likely just come out 50-50 over time and pay a little big to keep the account. So that's something professionals do as well, just to kind of you know give a little back to the bookmaker every now and then. If you're going to be um, limited down the road, that's probably really the only way to avoid that. All right. So I guess uh, in closing here, uh, you know we've kind of the second portion of this pod, we kind of talked about helping out the uh, the average everyday betters here. So. I guess in closing, uh, what the best piece of advice that you can give to somebody who, I guess, who's trying to take betting to the next level? Yeah, it's a lot of stuff we've talked about. Um, first off, going back to bankroll management or really in general, just learning about risk management, whether that's with sports betting, with investing, anything um, related to that, you can learn about pretty easily. There's plenty of resources about that. So just really learning to manage your risk and along those lines, your emotions too, not letting yourself chase like we talked about. 
um, you know, that can be a, a big factor for a losing better. So just, you know, keeping that in mind and learning about it, um, learning what your biases are can really help you down the road. Um, and then just reading everything you can in general. That's how I got started. I'm completely self-taught at this point. So, um, you know, just reading any article, books you can pick your hands up on. Like I mentioned, you know, Pinnacle has a great beginner's blog, Sports Predictor. Our site has some great articles on there already. And then I have a few things like those topics too at Fast Break Bets. So, um, you know, just checking out every resource you can and, um, you know, learning before you really get into it too deep. So, um, and then books too, I mentioned, or I've told others to really pick up. Um, the Logic of Sports Betting is a new book by Ed Miller and Matthew Davidow. Um, that's had phenomenal reviews from professional bettors just across from who I follow on Twitter and other sites. Um, that's and you know I read it and it's just fantastic. So that's a great place to start. And then a bit more advanced beyond that point, Sharper by Poker Joe is another great book that really gets you in the right mindset of how to value players, how to value teams and injuries and schedule situations. So that really gets you, like I said, in the right frame of mind to be able to handicap a market. All right, all right. So in closing here, let us get into the NFL since we are. Uh, coming right up here on the season right now, I guess in terms of betting, uh, you know, maybe some rule changes, maybe some different teams, whatever the case may be. Uh, what are your expectations, I guess, for the betting landscape this season? Not necessarily, you know, a, a team yet. We'll we'll get into a couple uh, undervalued and overrated teams, but I guess just for betting, what are your expectations this season? Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting because we have quite a few new betting markets open across the United States that could potentially put in a new, um, you know, new factor from the public that could, you know, sway lines here and there, especially if they're, you know, more local. There might be some opportunities there, depending where you live. Um, you know, it's kind of a new terrain that we're entering here right now. So it's kind of hard to say which way that's going to go. You know, some say, you know, if they're already, if they're trying to bet, they already were, you know, maybe offshore beforehand and already were factored in, or we might have people that were um, scared away initially. And now with it being fully legal for them, depending where they live, they might enter the market. So that's going to be interesting just to follow. Um, I don't really know which way that's going to go, um, but it is something we're following, especially with the NFL being a very public heavy market. Now, to absolutely close off the show here this afternoon let me get one undervalued team that you think uh, nobody's really paying attention to right now in the nfl coming up this season yeah you know i know i've heard a few people sharper people talk about this uh it might not be completely off the radar but i really like the falcons this season um they just had really tough luck with injuries uh last season so Coming back fully healthy and hopefully staying injury-free for the most part could really help their chances this season. Um, outstanding skill position players, of course, and now uh, combined with that, actually having a competent offensive coordinator is really going to you know, propel that offense, I think, to where they should have been the past few seasons um, after being held back by uh, Steve Sarkeesian. So, you know, that could really um, help their chances. And then, you know, I know you're a Bucks fan, but they're in a favorable division down there with the Bucks. Um, what do the you Panthers. mean? <laughs> <laughs> the Panthers, you know, Cam's health is always uncertain. And then there's always a chance for the Saints to, you know, finally fall back a bit with Drew Brees getting older. And I do think they're going to miss Ingram a bit in the backfield. So, you know, things are lining up for them a bit. And then 
just one last little nugget for them. Uh, 13 of their 16 games this season are indoors in a dome, which really um, is going to benefit their offense, especially and their defense. You know, they're going to be used to that environment. It's not going to be, you know, overly loud with the dome noise. So um, they don't play an outdoor game until week 11. So I do like their chances to get off to a really hot start. Steven, even though we're not in the same room right now, we're not even in different states, or I'm sorry, we're even we're in different states and we're even in different time zones. But before you said that, I was going to pull that up on the computer because I had remembered that stat. I was like, wait a minute, it can't be 13 out of 16. No, it is 13 out of 16, folks. So yep, yes. And then um, they have three straight home games too at the end of the season, all against the Bucks. Uh, Panthers and Saints too. So I mean, nice. they have a really great shot to finish off the season strong as well. Even after that, um, you know, ten weeks of indoors. Remember that fantasy football drafts coming up soon, folks. Don't forget all that. All right. So uh, in closing here, uh, you know what? Uh, who's an overrated team right now that uh, that a lot of people are a little too bit uh, giddy on right now? Yeah, you know, we talked a bit about this last week. Um, I'm still going to stick with it, even though they're even more of a laughing stock now. But, you know, the Raiders, you're not going to go wrong fading them this season. Um, they're just a complete train wreck. Um, when we talked last week, we joked about Antonio Brown um, giving himself frostbite, of all things. Um, and then I think literally the next day after that, the whole news story came out about him with his tantrum about his helmet. Um, if you don't know, um, there's an amazing 20-tweet or tweet thread by a reporter out there i forgot his name but i'm sure you can find it pretty easily uh detailing the whole saga and it's just hilarious about what is going on in oakland so um and aside from that just um more of a analytical side of it their schedule is just horrendous and possibly the worst i've seen in years um they go from week three through week eight without playing a home game um and all of those games are 10 a.m. Pacific starts for a West Coast team. Um, I'll just go through really quick. Week three at Minnesota. Week four at uh, the Colts. Week five, they go to London to play the Bears. Mm. Uh, week six is their bye. And then they go back on the road to play Green Bay and Texas. Wow. Um, the Texans, excuse me. Um, so they're not even home against the week nine against the Lions. So there's a very easy chance they go, you know, one and six maybe in that stretch. Um, I think I saw their win total still at six. I really don't see more than five wins on their schedule. So if you want to play a future there, I don't think that's a bad bet or just, you know, keep that schedule in mind throughout the season and don't expect good things from them. Putting that in right now. Sounds very good. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Stephen, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, if you want to follow Stephen on Twitter, you can do so at FastBreakBets. But the most important place where you want to follow Steven is at sportspredictor.com where we're going to have a lot of his content there this season. Um, just once again, thanks for uh, being on the podcast with us today. And we really look forward to uh, a lot more of that great info that you brought to us today. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Really excited for the holiday season to get going. Awesome, awesome. All right, folks, once again, sportspredictor.com is where you need to be. We'll see you next time. <laughs>